All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Morning, Keith. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good, and I just uh, finished talking to Gail Dutte. I heard that. The former president of the BC Nurses Union speaking out against the nurses, the current policy of the union there, opposed to mandatory vaccination for nurses. So she said she's a Star Trek fan, and like Spock said, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. So the union should get with the program yeah. here and get behind well, mandatory vaccination. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. Her successor, Christine Sorensen, resigned. My understanding is she resigned. She didn't want to take on the executive. She, she's a former public health nurse. She supports vaccinations, the vaccination mandate. Gail Dutte told you that she was opposed to the flu vaccine mandate, right. if you recall. She yeah. fought that. But she says it's a different, much more serious situation. So... Uh, it's interesting. The BC Nurses Union leadership has always been um, controversial, to say the least, going back years, more than any other union. They've had leadership challenges, leadership fights, staff turnover. They've been kicked out of the BC Federation of Labor, kicked out of Canadian Labor Congress for raiding the Hospital Employees Union. And now you've got this strange situation where the vast majority of the membership have been vaccinated yeah. uh, on their own. Just like any other, uh, I mean, we're approaching ninety percent of the population with with one dose. We're eighty-seven percent right now, and you got to figure that's probably even higher amongst nurses because they have scientific training. Well, I wonder about the vaccination rate for nurses because there's some conflicting numbers out there. Like the nurses' union at one point suggested that maybe only eighty percent of nurses had been vaccinated, and that's why they were saying, "Oh, the healthcare system could crash if you like fire twenty percent." I don't know where they're getting that. Yeah. I mean, there's been higher estimates as well. The government, I, I believe, knows who's vaccinated and who's not, because I know that they had done, they had asked nurses and other healthcare workers to disclose their vaccination at, status. At, at the very front, too, they were yeah. at the head of the queue at the very beginning. So now it is, you know, it's going to be required to be um, to be vaccinated if you want to work in the healthcare system. Yeah. And again, I think the nurses' union uh, executive is offside here. When you got Christine Sorensen and Gail Dutay, Two former presidents basically saying the executive is wrong. That That's a problem. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, this kicks in next month when those mandatory vaccination rules become applicable, mm -hmm. and we'll see if there is a problem. I mean, Bonnie Henry yesterday was asked about this, and is she worried about losing a ton of nurses? And she said no. no. She didn't seem to be too worried about it. Well, you know, everyone take a step back. Are you going to actually give up a very well-paying, good benefits job that you've trained your whole life and aspired to be in for forever because yeah. you've somehow read something on the Internet that the vaccine vaccine is not safe or something. Yeah. I re think really uh, very few people are going to do that. Okay, we'll see what happens there. I, I was really grateful to Gail Dutte speaking out like that because it takes courage. It takes, some, her. it takes some guts to speak out against your own union. Like Judy from Langley. Remember Judy, the 40-year sure. nurse, nurse from Langley speaking out yeah. last week? Yeah. Adrian Dick, interesting news conference yesterday with Health Minister Adrian Dix and uh, focused mm -hmm. on uh, the current situation in northern British Columbia. Let's have a listen to the health minister here yesterday talking about the need for get the vaccination rates up in the north. We expect the pressure on critical care in the north will continue until vaccination rates go up and cases and hospitalizations go down. We need to reduce pressure on the north. Okay, what jumped out at you yesterday? Well, just the continuing concern about the north. I've been reporting on the northern health situation for some time now. Uh, it's a combination of low vaccination rates and now a sudden surge in hospitalizations and ICU numbers. In an area with low population, the Delta variant is spreading very quickly, and there's not a lot of hospital beds, and there's not a lot of ICU beds out there. That's why 12 patients were transferred in the last few days. Nine of them with COVID-19 had to be moved down to Metro Vancouver and Vancouver Island. That puts a real strain on families in the north. So you can just imagine if you, if you live in the north in Prince George or Dawson Creek, 
and suddenly your family member who's in ICU has to be flown down to Vancouver or Victoria. How are you going to visit? Well, you're not going to visit them if yeah. they're in the ICU, but you can't provide any support for them. And that's a very serious situation. Up there. What are the vaccination rates up there right now? Unfortunately, it's very low in, in some some uh, locations. Vanderhoof, uh, Enderby, Dawson Creek, all below 60%. Mm. Fort St. John is about 64%, I believe. Uh, rural Prince George is very low. So we're talking about the Peace River and part just outside of Prince George is the problem areas. The northwest, uh, which is, you know, Quinnell, or sorry, not Quinnell, Terrace, uh, Kitimat, Prince Rupert, Haida Gwaii, very high vaccination rates. So it's, when you talk about the north, we're talking about the northeast, uh, Peace River, and outside of Prince George. Low vaccination numbers, high case numbers, high hospitalizations, high ICUs, not a lot of beds. And, right. and the other critical thing up there, it's not so much the beds, it's the staff. We don't have enough critical care nurses in the north to really um, deal with the situation. It's similar not quite as well, not nearly as bad, but still approaching what's happening in Alberta. Alberta is a basket case. Yeah, really scary numbers out of Alberta yesterday. Terrible, and it's not just beds uh, situation. It's staff. You need when you're in intensive care. It's not like you're in a ward with forty people and one nurse. You're in there with you're getting treatment one on one or one on two, twenty four seven, and we don't have the staff to to really. If uh, they if they have a critical care a shortage of critical care nurses up in these low vaccination areas. Does that not circle back to the mandatory vaccination rule where the unions were warning, like, look, if you require, like, I wonder how many of those critical care nurses are vaccinated? Well, I, mean, I assume like most of them, if not all of them, hopefully. Yeah, I, I, no reason to doubt the fact that the, them being professionals and being scientists and being medical people, they're vaccinated. I, mm -hmm. I really think there's very few people in the healthcare system who are, aren't uh, vaccinated. Okay, let's talk about vaccinations um, becoming available for younger children. And uh, Dr. Bonnie yep. Henry was asked about this yesterday. Let's have a listen. Our immunization teams across the province are actively preparing to be able to offer this vaccine as if and when Health Canada approves it for use here in Canada and it becomes available. Okay, how quickly is this coming, do you think? Uh, soon, October, yeah. November wow. is the expectation for, for 6 to 11-year-olds to be vaccinated. Uh, we got enough vaccines to to do this. Um, this Pfizer and Moderna have, are completing. They've either completed their clinical trials or they're near the end of their clinical trials. It was supposed to be sometime in September. They're wrapping up. They're testing in the United States. Uh, thousands of, of kids under the age of uh, twelve have been vaccinated down there, and the, so far the the uh, data is saying this is safe. This is good. Uh, you have to be careful with vaccinating younger children. Their immune systems aren't aren't built up enough uh, as as older older people. But right now, it's encouraging. So the expectation is it hasn't been official. And you heard Dr. Henry say Health Canada has to sign off on this. Uh, but all signs are pointing to October, November for getting kids six to eleven immunized. Okay, watching that one very closely. You and I were talking off air how we're both uh, big Muhammad Ali fans. Mm -hmm. So we've both been enjoying the new PBS documentary series by the great Ken documentary Burns. filmmaker Ken, Ken Burns. And I think it was, uh, was it part three last night? I watched yeah. I watched the one last night. It was awesome. Oh, it was the Ali Frazier fight of 71, I think. Madison the, Square Garden. His great comeback. It was oh, uh, an epic, epic uh, episode by Ken Burns. Brings back a lot of memories. It also just reinforces... Um, this the fact that Muhammad Ali transcended boxing. He was a civil rights figure. He was a social mover uh, at the time. And it was uh, again. I recommend to people watch it tonight, part four. 
Yeah, it really is amazing. I mean, he's been called uh, the greatest athlete of the 20th century, which I think is kind of hands down easy call. Mm-hmm. Maybe the most famous person of the 20th or most beloved person of the 20th century he's been called Ali. I loved him. I thought he was awesome, too. And this is a great, a most great influ- documentary series. Most influential sports figure by far yeah. in history, I would think. Babe Ruth is up there as well, but I think Muhammad Ali, because of his uh, civil rights advocacy, taking on the Vietnam War, uh, he transcended sports, he transcended boxing, and just a pivotal figure of the 20th century. It's a great documentary. It really is. One of the things I really enjoyed about it, too, is the quality of some of the video. Like, they've got some incredible historic footage, and... You know, it's not like the high definition footage of today, but it's some of the best I've seen. Like some of the fight footage there of, you know, Ali Frazier. I was like, I was looking at it last night and it was going, wow, that looks awesome. Like really, really good quality of video. The Ali Frazier yeah. stuff, um, you know, uh, boxing peaked with Ali. And uh, yeah. I, I don't think we're ever going to go back to those days. You want to listen to a little Muhammad sure. Ali here? Okay, here he is. Here's Ali. I've done something new for this fight. I'd wrestle with an alligator. <laughs> That's right. I have wrestled with an alligator. I done tussled with a whale. I done handcuffed lightning, throw thunder in jail. That's bad. Only last week, I murdered a rock, injured a stone, hospitalized a brick. I'm so mean, I make medicine sick. <laughs> I think that was before his fight with Ken Norton in the 70s. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, was, there was, was no one else like him. It was warts and all in this documentary. I mean, it's not yeah. uh, it's not everything uh, haloed about Ali. His treatment of Joe Frazier was quite shabby. Oh, yeah. Quite shabby and quite... Uh, mean. Demeaning. Cruel. Yeah, and uh, the way he taunted him mercilessly. Uh, again, if it was just brought about some troubling aspects. Of it, but it was all part of his show, showmanship. Yeah. You know, his publicity shtick. Uh, but very good documentary. All right, welcome back to the show. It's Baldry's Beat, Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Just going back to the situation in northern British Columbia, the focus of the uh, of the news conference yesterday. It was interesting to hear Dr. Bonnie Henry talk about the number of uh, of pregnant women who are in uh, ICU, right? And just encouraging people that you know, if, if you are pregnant, and you're nursing, like you, you can still take the vaccine. Right? Yeah. So the message from her yesterday: if you're pregnant, get vaccinated. So early on in the in the vaccination rollout. Uh, because pregnant women were not part of the clinical trials with Pfizer and Moderna and AstraZeneca, there was people saying, oh, you shouldn't get vaccinated if you're pregnant. Since then, we've basically the world is a clinical trial. We've had, you know, billions of people vaccinated uh, and tens of thousands of pregnant women have been vaccinated. The yeah. data shows it is overwhelmingly positive to get vaccinated if you're a pregnant woman or if you're thinking of getting pregnant. The Society of... Um, of uh, gynecologists and obstetricians yeah. is recommending you get vaccinated. So if you're a pregnant woman, you have an obstetrician, you have a gynecologist, and you follow their advice on everything. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah, so you do. You follow their advice, and you follow their... their and so the, the guidance now and the advice is to get vaccinated. And that was the message Dr. Henry had yesterday. She went out of her way, she said, because she's a concerned people, just like whether it's uh, pregnant women or other people in other health situations are getting misleading information from the internet, from social media, from bogus uh, sources spread by the anti-vaxxers, disinformation, and and convincing people not to get vaccinated in certain situations. Uh, and she says, basically, go to credible sources, and that includes your own personal physician, 
your own personal obstetrician and gynecologist, get vaccinated if you're pregnant. Yeah, I mean, it's really tragic to think of, uh, you know, an expecting mom and ending up in ICU. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that is a terrible situation. So that, that's a key concern as well. Just going back to the situation in Alberta that we briefly talked about before, uh, with the numbers there, we saw Jason Kenney this week shuffle his cabinet, removed his health minister, put a new, new health minister Dramatic news conference there. yesterday, Jason Kenney uh, shuffling his uh, cabinet, firing his health minister, or yeah. putting him into labor bringing in someone new. He's under fire. Uh, he's unpopular. Today, there's a pivotal caucus meeting of, of the Conservatives there. Uh, a number of people are reporting that there's going to be requests for him to resign. You and I have covered enough of these situations to know it's very hard to remove a leader who doesn't want to go. It's going to, yeah. I, I don't expect Jason Kennedy to leave there. He, he had all the earmarks yesterday of someone who's going to stay as leader. He's got a, a part of his caucus are basically anti-vax or uh, don't want any restrictions. Yeah. He tried to turn the tables yesterday and say, I'm not leaving because of people who are anti-vaccine, anti-restrictions, even though he's been criticized for being too lax, for right. lifting the restrictions too early, for ignoring science. He's trying to turn around and say, I'm not going to give in to the anti-vaxxers, which is a, a neat little trick. But I, again, having covered a number of leaders who've been in really serious trouble with their caucuses, it takes a lot to remove them. Yeah, it, it is um, unusual to see a politician sort of go willingly. Like, I, I vividly remember going down to the press theater in the legislature, and I know you were there that day too, and Mike Harcourt walked yeah. in and, and resigned. And it was a, a big surprise. And he had had a discussion with some key labor leaders in British Columbia that kind of convinced him to resign. And he could have stuck it remo- Yeah, ex- exactly. I mean, there's a guy who could have fought. But then you think about a guy like, you know, Gordon Bill, Campbell or Bill Glenn, Glenn Clark or the Zam. It took three years to remove Bill Vanderzam. He, <laughs> he got in trouble very early, and his caucus wanted him out yeah. uh, by increasingly large numbers. And I remember vividly covering that. It took a long time to finally get him to resign. Uh, Glenn Clark took, uh, you know, he had that, uh, the Mounties visited his house yeah. with our cameras in tow. He didn't want to quit, but uh, then no. he eventually did. But, you know, months a, later, a lot of these guys, they're hardwired to not to quit. I mean, they're hardwired to fight and, and to, and to yeah. fight for every, every inch of turf they can get. And a guy like Kenny to me is not a guy who is going to go easily. No. For no. sure. No, I, I, and again, yesterday, uh, Bravura uh, performance, I really gave every indication he intends to stick this out. He's yeah. not going to give in. Um, and again, it's very hard to remove someone. When you're the premier, you have, you basically hold all the cards. Yeah. The minute you leave, you lose all your cards and uh, you, you weaken yourself considerably. So I don't see him giving in. Uh, we've seen, uh, Bill Vanderzam, Mike Harcourt, Glenn Clark, Gordon Campbell, Christy Clark was in Chris, trouble yeah, before yeah. T- the 2013 election, and a lot of people thought she was going to be forced out. She stuck it out, yes, uh, defied her, her caucus critics, and won the 2013 election. Right, and those critics were gone after that. <laughs> so you know, the leader can uh, they again they hold all the cards. I don't, the, the caucus meeting is today in Alberta. In Edmonton, it's going to be interesting to see the outcome, but I'd be very surprised if Kenny. Okay, just up. just a minute left. I mean, he's obviously in a difficult spot, and the numbers that came out of the ICU and number of deaths and cases in Alberta are really troubling. They had earlier twenty nine people that died. Yesterday. Yeah, that's terrible, brutal, and the number of people in ICU and hospital is really more really than, serious. More than two hundred fifty, almost a yeah. thousand people in hospital. I mean, they wow. are very close to being overwhelmed. They're now getting to the point of having to triage even kids for treatment. It's very troubling what happened. They're very much resembling what we're seeing in a number of American states, particularly in the South, where the numbers are just simply overwhelming them. And it's not just beds and equipment, it's resources, it's human resources.
Keith, thanks for coming in. Talk tomorrow. Keith Baldry there, Baldry's Beat. Thanks a lot for your uh, your calls.